Really good to be together, and as Kesh was just talking about the concrete, I saw on Facebook, he and I were doing a little video because they were busy pouring the con concrete in this hole, and, and I looked at the date and I thought, well, if this is when we poured the concrete, how on earth did we get ready Christmas Day? Because uh, if the concrete wasn't poured, we couldn't have built this wall at the back here, and if the wall wasn't built, we couldn't uh, paint it. And I remember Christmas Day last year, the, the water was seeping out of the plaster, you know, the, <laughs> the floor was... But uh, what an amazing thing that, that Grace Cornubia has had one year where we were a building site, really. We, we, we were in this corner, and then we were in the dance studio, and then we were back here. Um, one year of being a dance studio, and we were not quite finished, not a dance studio. One year, uh, a building site, and then uh, one year, well, nine months of COVID and lockdown and all of that. Um, so what a, a, a tumultuous two First year, uh, two years at Grace Cornubia, um, and, and, and more than a building, God has built a people. So here we are, having, having got through all of that, nevertheless have a community that, that can gather like this. And, and so about 50% of our people are back, and we realize it's going to take a bit of time for everyone to feel safe and to get back and, and where we can meet together. Um, but we're building for our second Christmas. Let's see what happens then, and let's see what the world will be doing. But uh, I'm amazed at what God has done. And if you're a guest with us, if this is your first time here at Grace Cornubia, you, you're getting a little bit of a glimpse of what has been uh, to get us to this place on this day. God has indeed been very good. And I have no doubt that we will look back on these first two years uh, in years to come and, and see what God has done with, with us as, as a community. And, and not just us, but the community around us. I realize that, that this year has been a, a, a tough year. Um, I don't have to regale you with all the things that have been tough. Um, and a normal year is tough, really. You know, we always have Happy New Year, and then it's like the last year. You know? uh, you, you've heard that, that for 2021, I want to read the, the T's and C's, the fine print, before I agree to 2021. Um, and you heard the joke that, that you know, when my mother offered to slap me into the middle of last year, I was going to take that offer up, you know, because 2020 has been a tough year. And when the going gets tough, the tough get, yeah, usually. But what about the tough get praying? Because sometimes the tough get going, they run away, as opposed to stand, see it, and then with the help of God, get through it. And so I thought that on this day, we would, we would together as a community just pray for ourselves, for others um, here. Um, because when the, tough, when the going gets tough, the tough do get praying. Acknowledging that when things are bigger than we are, we can do one of two things. We can despair and we can give up or we can choose to trust and to endure. And the way we trust is when we pray. And... Uh, Prayer is a beautiful thing that opens up everything, uh, uh, opens up every possibility because God is powerful and God is good. Um, and so today the way we express our trust is to pray. And we're going to pray together. I'm not sure what circumstances you face today, but I pray that you would leave today with a real sense that God is with you, God is ahead of you, and God has been with you. You know, Dr. Luke records Jesus' friends having observed him praying, asking Jesus to teach them to pray. 
Now, the, the Jews that were asking Jesus to teach them to pray, they were prayers, man. They, I mean, they knew how to pray. They prayed when they woke up in the morning, they prayed at midday, and they prayed in the evening. Uh, prayer was a way of life. Prayer was what they did. But, but I'm not sure why they asked Jesus to ask them to pray. Perhaps because they saw in Him a depth and an authenticity to His prayer life that they wanted for themselves or they recognized that what was lying ahead of them would require another level of prayer. So they say, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? So in Luke's gospel, Jesus teaches them to pray that, which would become the Lord's Prayer, which may be familiar to some of you and unfamiliar to others. But after he's taught them the Lord's Prayer, um, he says, so I, I say to you, and it's like he wants to emphasize the need and the power of prayer. He says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you, to you. And then it's like he needs to say it again. He says, uh, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. It's like Jesus saying, man, I'm inviting you to ask, to seek, and to knock and discover that in the asking, the seeking, and the knocking, the door opens for you. So this thing called prayer is a powerful thing. Years ago, one of my colleagues, I was a young guy, uh, and, 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 and he shared a story where he had been asked at a function, Pastor, would you say a little prayer for us? And his response was, there is no such thing as a little prayer. <laughs> um, because when you pray... Uh, heaven goes quiet, listens to your voice, and God does something measurable in response to prayer. So uh, whatever the going is for you, whether it be uh, uh, financial, whether it be relational, whether it be family stuff, whatever it is, um, as we come to prayer to God, um, He does something measurable in response to prayer. So in Matthew's gospel, we see Jesus teaching His friends to pray. They say, will you teach us? And he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive uh, uh, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from ev the evil one. It's a prayer that would, would be prayed through the centuries and, and referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And it can, of course, become a ritualistic repetition. But if we dive into this prayer and, and we say, Jesus, teach us to pray, and we learn from this I have a sense we will leave today liberated and healed and indeed in a, in a deep place of trust. So let's learn to pray together. Jesus says this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. And what struck me as I reflected on this again was this. It's our Father, not my Father. That when I look up and pray our Father, I can't help but look left and right of me to my brothers and sisters who are also looking up saying, Our Father.
And so when I start this prayer, Our Father, I, I recognize that my joy is your joy, your joy is my joy, your pain is my pain, my pain is your pain. And so when we pray, Our Father, there is a sense in which we are more deeply connected than ever. God says, call me Father. And some may struggle with that idea because your image of Father is, 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 is not one of love, but, but God says, call me Dad and, 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 and see me as Father who loves, who cares, who nurtures, who provides. See me as Father. But when you pray, say, Our Father. And so my prayer is that no one here this morning, even as we pray together uh, to a father who says, call me father, and we say, our father, you would feel alone because we are connected when we pray. It's our father, not my father. Our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, says Jesus. This is how you should pray. And hallowed is that your name is revered, that you are holy, that you are mighty, that you are powerful. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, ever-present, um, and all-loving. All these things together. When we say, hallowed be your name, and the songs that Sherman has led us in this morning, uh, just invite us to look up and in a sense say, hallowed be your name. You are good, Father. You are good. And you are God. God is powerful, and God is all-knowing, and God is all-loving, God can and God desires to be involved and engaged in your life, the little stuff and the big stuff. Hallowed be your name. There's a character in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel, and he finds himself, because of his prayer life in a sense, uh, thrown into a lion's den. Um, and, and there he is, Daniel and the lion. Imagine you in an enclosure with Mufasa. There you are. But here's what one old preacher said. Daniel had a lion and Daniel had a God, but Daniel's God was bigger than Daniel's lion. You have a lion. Whatever the challenge before, you have a God. Is your God bigger than your lion? And in a sense, Jesus says, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name is great and holy and powerful. You are bigger than my challenge. And I have a sense that gets us in the right frame of mind. This is how you should pray, says Jesus. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God not far away. God not distant. God present. God here. In a sense, we don't live this life gritting our teeth to get through to one day when we get to heaven, but rather your kingdom come as it is in heaven. Let it be here, so here on earth. So we don't have to wait. We can have restored and whole relationships. We can, with God's help, um, um, find healing for, for in our families, in our homes, and in our place of work. God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In my home, in my place of work, in my place of study, in my heart, God's kingdom here on earth as it is now. In a sense, that's an opening up of your life to the influence and the guidance of God. May your kingdom come here as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come here 
in my mind as it is. May your kingdom come here on earth. Now you should pray. Give us today our daily bread. Our Father, give us, us, our daily bread. May there be no one amongst us in need. In a sense, as Kesh says, buy a bucket and fill it up if you can. It's to make sure it's a kind of an expression of this prayer. Give us today our daily bread, us. But in a sense, it's just an honest prayer. Give me today my daily bread. Sherman, uh, who's led us in worship, I'm going to ask him to join me. Uh, we, we sit on these couches. Uh, these couches were bought for our offices, but we use them rather in the, out in the, in the coffee area and now on the stage. So Sherman, give Sherman a warm uh, welcome, second welcome. Is that on? Yeah, I got it right this yeah, time. that's good. Sherman's got it right. So we're going to sit down just for a moment. A little while ago, I think it was about three weeks ago, Sherman, you were here, you shared your testimony uh, with the band before you led us in a time of worship, and uh, I was struck by that, and, and, and when we got to this Sunday, I thought, we need to hear, everyone needs to hear. So lockdown and COVID-19 had a massive impact on your life and your business, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, it really was a tough time for us. Um, for those who don't know, I'm actually involved in a second-generation family business, and we do air conditioning and in refrigeration, but mainly for industrial sort of work. So it's universities, it's shopping malls, it is office blocks, and, and so on and so on. So uh, when everybody decided they're not going to build anymore, we pretty much didn't have any work. So it was three months of pretty much closing up shop. No income. And the people who promised to pay just didn't. Uh, it, it was a very, very tough time. We had to make some very difficult decisions, also within business, just to keep afloat, let go of a lot of people who we really, really held dear to us. But uh, we just had the faith that we knew God would come through for us. Now, so you were doing all you can. And I mean, uh, nothing was ever as it was, you know, once COVID-19 hit for everybody, and no doubt for you also. So having done all you could, there came a point where you just said, well, we don't know what to do now, so we're going we're gonna to pray in a sense. So tell us how that came about and, and what happened. You know, it, it was a real low point. It was coming out of our three months of hibernation, call it. You know, we relied on the government and unfortunately the funds, you know, with, with the TERS fund, nothing came through. We were literally on our knees. It was actually a teaching series which Tom was doing on miracles. And Sarah, my wife, and I were in, uh, at home. We were listening to it. And there was an interesting point that he brought up, which I think really clicked for us. Uh, it was actually the, uh, the gospel account in, uh, in, in the marriage in Cana when Jesus was, was at the wedding. And uh, they actually ran out of wine. And Jesus knew they ran out of wine. I mean, he, he knew everything. But he didn't just step forward and say, here, let me just uh, meet your need. Let me just provide a miracle for you. His mom had to step up and say, look, Jesus, they actually ran out of wine. Can you please help here? So in, in very much in that moment, we felt that God is always with us. His presence is always around us. And God knows our need before we know our need. God knows our prayer before we even pray. 
but we knew we had to step out in faith to say, Lord, we are literally trusting you with us. We have no other option. You know, so it was a real step of faith, and we decided that we were actually going to fast and pray. But very, very intentionally, we chose to pray in exactly the same way. If, if I was in that wedding with Jesus, I would talk to him. I'd say, Jesus, can you please help me? So in the same way, we felt we needed to pray to Jesus and say, Lord, can you come through for us? And fast, because it was a sign of obedience, it was a thorn in your flesh, call it as you may. But we needed to show to God that we were serious about this and that we chose to fast and pray that week. Okay, so you did that with all the faith you could muster. Um, there was nothing really pointing you to big changes coming, but what happened in the week to come? You know, it, it was barely 12 hours later. So we made that call on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. And Monday morning, I get an email from somebody who actually owed us money for over five years. We pretty much forgot about it. We wrote it off. We put it in file 13 because we said we're never going to get this. And guy popped me a mail said, please, can you send me an invoice? We need to pay you. And it was quite a large, substantial amount of money. First day of fast. You know, so God came through, and it continuously came through day after day after day for those first five days. Every day there was a new blessing, and there was something new that he brought that we hadn't even relied on. He just brought it forward. So help me understand. Uh, you, you had written off work done five years ago, um, and, and suddenly in that week, for no apparent reason, it unlocks. Absolutely no apparent reason. It wasn't in our mind. It was long gone. We actually wrote it off as, Lord, we leave this person to you years ago. Years ago. Well, it kind of reminds me of God before, you know. So long before uh, we even ask God's at work. And so this was not something new that appeared. It was mm -hmm. something way back then. And, 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 and the rest of the week, are there any other stories you can tell us about how that week unfolded? Gosh, how much of time do we have here? Because there's a lot of stories I can tell you in those first five days. But let me give you the highlights real. Thursday, uh, I get an email on my computer saying that I've been awarded a massive contract, which I hadn't even tended on. So, so we obviously thought there was some fraud, some phishing, email phishing involved. So I looked into it, called, called up to find out what exactly it is. It actually had to be, uh, funny enough, it was my dad who attended on a project a year ago, which was put on hold. There was no feedback on it. Everything went cold. And lo and behold, it came through on that week. And uh, part of what we were fasting and praying about was that, you know, we were just in this, in this rut, in this rat race of business and home and all of that. And we felt, Lord, we need more time. We need more time to catch our breath. We need, I need more time to father my little daughter Zara. I need time to love my wife. Time for ministry. Time for all of that. And he literally came through with one contract close to 60% of our full year's turnover in one job. You wow. know, so it really was amazing. It really was amazing how God says, well, you want it, be careful what you ask for, got it. Thank God for Dad. Dad is here, so we can give him a round. <laughs> but, uh, but again, what, what astounds me is that, that it, it's work that you did faithfully long before COVID was hitting, and, and suddenly uh, God, God brings it to fruition. In, in, in that time. Um, no doubt, Sherman, uh, it's still a lot of hard work before you, and it's not like God has just uh, paved the road and the wind is from behind. No doubt you've still got some stuff ahead of you, and that requires your faith muscles and, 
and some hard work. Yeah, um, some call it manna from heaven, but manna has an expiry date. You need to trust God for new blessings for the next morning because it only lasts the night because joy comes in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's great, Sherman. Thank you for just sharing that testimony. And, and as I listen to Sherman's story, and, and for those who are sitting here, some of you might, there are phases to that. You know, there was, you did all you could. You, you were trusting God. You were faithful in all of that. Um, so there were hard times beforehand and worrying times. And then, then a point at which you said, well, we can do all we can, but we're going to trust you, God. And then there's the unlocking of that. And then the continued hard work. Uh, and no doubt there are people here who are, in different phases of that. And, and, and why your story is so powerful is that God does come through in the end. And, and so I, my prayer is that as we continue now, and Sherman's going to head for the piano now, so now he's got to pay for his uh, uh, services here um, and get ready to sing us through. But what, I, what, I, what I'd love for you to do is perhaps just, just give us today our daily bread. What I'd like you to think is, what, what is that for you? Uh, what is the need that lies before you today? Um, is, it, uh, is it a material thing? Is it a job? We, we live in a, in a country of 30% unemployment. Um, and perhaps if you're highly employed and you're going to play, give us today our daily bread, you would spare a prayer and a thought for those who are unemployed now, perhaps even in this room, but, but also beyond it. But what I'm asking as we sing this next song and as Sherman leads us through that, is just to, in your mind, List your daily bread. What is it? What is the need that is before you? Teach us to pray, the disciples say to Jesus. And he says, this is how you should pray. Give us today our daily bread. So while Sherman leads us in this song, why not just list it? What's it for you? What's the need that is before you today? What keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the morning? Um, what is your daily need? For some it is exams coming, Lord? Give me clarity of thought. Um, for others, it's give me a job, Lord. For others, it's, it's I don't have bread, quite frankly. But let's, let's spend this next song just in your mind. Now, you can sing and do that. You can just do that. You can stand or sit. This is a time where allow the song just to stir faith in you. And you're simply going to put before God, this is my daily need. This is my day. So let's, let's pray together. Um, and perhaps you've just laid your needs before God. You've said, this is my daily bread. Father God, you have heard our prayers, those gathered here this morning. And you who does something measurable always in answer to our prayers. I ask that you would give us a deep sense of anticipation for what you are doing, what you have done. And as you heard from Sherman, work done long ago comes to fruition even now. And so, Lord, as we've placed our needs before you, you who are all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, you know our needs. And you have our best interests at heart because you are good. I ask that you would simply hear our individual and collective prayers. Would you meet us and would you meet our needs for you have invited us to pray. Give us today our daily bread. We pray as a community, Lord, for this land of ours and for a tremendous number of people who are unemployed and without. 
We ask, Lord, for a miraculous outpouring of your grace, your love, and your mercy. Do your church here and the churches around. But more than that, Lord, would you bring healing to this land so that everyone will have enough. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give us today our daily bread. Jesus teaches his friends to pray. And then, and then he leads them further. He says, and forgive us our debts. This is how you should pray. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. Other translations. Even as we have forgiven our debtors. And here is a simple prayer. If God meets us at our place of deepest need, give us today our daily bread. He doesn't want to just leave us with something to eat, but he rather would have us healed. And so if you carry around with you and in you all kinds of guilt and shame, then here is a simple prayer which frees you up. Forgive us our sins. Forgive me my sin. Forgive me uh, uh, our debt. Forgive me my debt to you, God. And sin is a word we don't want to use much, but wherever there is brokenness, there is likely to be this thing called sin, which is diabolos, which is a, a, a separation. Where there is a disconnect in relationship, where there is a disconnect in fellowship, then at the heart of all of that will generally be this thing called sin. And so here is an invitation, and it's God's desire that we would not walk around with guilt and with shame. But rather, we would walk around with a sense of God's grace and His forgiveness and His power to do better. And so just a simple one-liner, forgive me my sin, God, is, a, is an incredibly liberating thing. It's for our healing. Forgive me my sin. If you're carrying around guilt and shame, then my prayer is today that in this simple prayer, you would find yourself liberated. You would find yourself free. The prayer of confession or the prayer of repentance is a simple desire within you to not continue down a path of destruction, but to turn from it and walk in toward, toward life. Forgive me my sin. It's repentance. It frees us of guilt and shame. Forgive me my sin just as I forgive those who sin against me uh, is, is a prayer of forgiveness which frees us from hurt and pain. And in these two lines, uh, there is the very desire of God that we would be free of guilt and shame and hurt and pain. And I don't speak of forgiveness lightly because uh, the hurt we carry is usually deep and it is usually personal. Uh, it is something done to us. And, and often the hurt we carry is not done to us by strangers. It is done to us by people we love and are close to. You see, strangers can hurt us, but it's just a bruise and we get over it. Whereas the ones we love, we let into our ribcage. They run around there and wreak havoc with our hearts. And so there must be a time where we say, well, we'll forgive. And so in these two lines, there is incredible freedom. Forgive me, God. And God, who in Jesus gave his life for us, forgives us. 
He's not waiting for a confession so that he can beat us some more. He rather awaits us to come to that place of trust where we receive his forgiveness. And we turn around and we walk in a different direction. Free of guilt and shame. But then also, so forgiven, we forgive. And we are freed from hurt and pain. You see, we say, God, would you, you who have forgiven us, would you help us to forgive others? And would you help us to do what you have done? And, and so forgiving others, we find ourselves free. See, forgiving others sometimes feel like we're condoning their behavior, and in, in, it is far from that. We think when we forgive others, we free them. No, we don't. We free ourselves. We ask God to help us deal with, the, with the, the hurt and the hate and the anger and the bitterness that's killing us. And we forgive with the power of God. See, not forgiving someone is like taking poison and hope they die. But forgiveness is about freeing ourselves. So here at the heart of the Lord's Prayer is two liberating lines. Forgive me and help me to forgive. Free of guilt, free of shame, free of hurt, and free of pain. Now Sherman sings now for us, and, and we can join him in song. It might be that some just want to say, listen, I've engaged in behavior that has caused hurt and pain to others. And in fact, in hurting others that you love God, I've hurt you. I've sinned against you. Would you forgive me? And this bear me a moment for you where you turn around. If you're carrying deep hurt, it might be that you begin or you begin the process of forgiving. And you say, God, would you help me to forgive? And you might name some people that you need to forgive. But let's use this time, this moment, just to ask God for his forgiveness and offer forgiveness. Father, you know that we need to live free of guilt and shame and you've given your life so that we might be forgiven. Lord, you know and you have endured the pain of the cross and the wounds of others. So you stand with us in our wounded place. So even as we ask you to forgive us, give us strength to forgive others. Our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our friends. Help us, Lord. Simply offer the grace you have offered us. And without diminishing our pain or even saying that their behavior was okay, we simply forgive and find ourselves free. I pray that this might be a moment of release and freedom for many in this room this morning. A moment in our lives where we just breathe in your love and grace and breathe out forgiveness to others and find ourselves lighter. Here are our prayers of confession today. We're sorry, Lord. 
hear our offer of forgiveness to others. We seek to be gracious as you have been gracious. Hear our prayers, for we pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It may be that there are some here this, today who have never really put your trust in God. The idea of praying, Our Father who art in heaven, the idea of saying, Hallowed be your name, is, is strange to you. The idea of trusting God for your daily bread or recognizing that God is present here is a strange thing for you. And perhaps you want to begin an adventure of faith, uh, which is really a simple prayer which encompasses all that we have said today. It's a prayer of faith, really. Uh, it's, it's thank you, God. It's sorry, and it's please. And it goes a little like this. Thank you, God, for loving me. And there is no greater love than one would have for another than he give his life for others. And, and Christ gave his life for you and me. Thank you, God, for loving me. I'm sorry for the things that I have done. And these are things that I, I carry with a sense of guilt and shame. Please forgive me. Would you forgive me? Heal me from my hurts and help me to forgive. And then please come into my life and guide me in the days that lie ahead. It's a simple prayer of faith and a prayer of intent. Thank you, God. Forgive me, God. Please forgive me. And please guide me. It might be that some would want to pray that prayer. If not for the first time, just at this time in your life, just again, a moment of commitment and recommitment. And I'd like to just lead us in a time like this, and then we're going to close by saying the Lord's Prayer together. But let's bow our heads as we pray together. Maybe there's just one out there who, who would wish to just pray this prayer of commitment. And I invite you to just follow on after me in your hearts. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for loving me. I'm sorry for the things that I've done, hurt I've caused others and to you. Please forgive me. Heal me from my hurts and help me to forgive others. And please come into my life and guide me. Amen. We've prayed this prayer for the first time. I'd love to chat with you afterwards and I'll be in front here. We're going to say together the Lord's Prayer and, and then close our time in song and the band are going to join me in front. Um, there are those who will pray with you and for you if you need to pray about anything. And Perhaps today you, you just want to take a moment and Lay your needs before God with others. But the prayers will be here in front. But won't you stand with me now as we say together this simple prayer. Teach us to pray Jesus. And uh, he teaches us in this way. The words should be on the screen. So let's say together. And then we will sing together. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread.
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.